The following episode of The Walking Dead Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead podcast. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. It's The Walking Dead podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is The Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to The Walking Dead television show on AMC and The Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! So sit back, relax, and join the herd. Welcome to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and here with me, as always, is Mr. Gary. I'm some guy. Some guy named Gary. <laughs> yeah, my name's Gary, too. Too many G's in that, that short phrase. Some, some guy, guy Gary. Gary. Yeah, what are you going to do? Greetings, yeah. some guy Gary. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Your gig guy Gary. Your gig guy Warner. <laughs> Well, greetings, some guy Gary. Thank you. We are here for our weekly sojourn into, uh, yes, <laughs> into our podcast. That's what this uh, is. Yeah, yes. Speaking okay. of, you know, I had continued to like everything about this season so far. Mm-hmm. I really thought this was a very intense and well done episode. I don't know. What did you think? I, we'll talk about it more, but of course, I like kind of like we said last week. I feel like it literally is getting better each episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, each one has been good. The premiere was good, but not as knock your socks off as it could have been. But it's just been growing a level yeah. up each episode for me. So I'm really pleased. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I couldn't agree more. I, I have enjoyed each successive episode better than the previous. Mm-hmm. I think this was particularly intense for. For reasons we will get into shortly, but apparently not all is good. Not all yeah. is content in the land of De- Denmark. <laughs> Denmark. I guess. Yeah. Uh, something not quite rotten, but uh, a good friend of mine who you have met, at least you've met his voice. Yeah. Uh, he uh, emailed me, and he was not, uh, I must say, he was not uh, on the same page with you or I. <laughs> He says to me, early this morning, I'm done with Walking Dead as of this week. Won't watch another. And so I said, and why is that? 
And he didn't answer for a while, so I said, okay then. <laughs> and then he came back and said, I've not liked this season at all. Nothing but one big battle. Constant heartache. Nothing good happens. There's very little advancement of narrative. It's misery porn at this point. When Shiva died, that was my breaking point. Now, I will say that I can understand the, the whole Shiva thing was very upsetting. Even though I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was still... It's one thing to see it as a drawing. Yeah. But just the impact of it was just so much more meaningful the way Kari Payton played Ezekiel. And the fact that Carol and Jerry were there. Because I'll get into the comparison of the the scene in the in the book, but it was just such an intense scene. And again, we'll talk about it. But I basically said to him, you know, this is what happens in the book. And I thought it was really good because it advanced the narrative on Ezekiel mm-hmm. and so forth. And he was like, um, he said, it's, it's too much misery. <laughs> okay, you know. And so I told him from my personal perspective that war tends to run that way. And I said, I can tell you from personal experience that war is largely miserable even when there isn't shooting going on around you. And I'm telling you that from my own personal experience. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't in bad conditions, but, you know, it's, it can be miserable being away. And back then there wasn't, like, Internet. Yeah. And, you know, where people now, they can talk to their loved one on Skype from overseas. Yeah. We had to use, like, long-distance telephone center, and that got really expensive. I came home with a $500 phone bill. Wow. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, I didn't realize they charged you for that. Well, for internet, for international long distance, absolutely. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I figured that would be something the army or military, whoever, would set up for you. Oh no, no, no! They set up wow. the phones. They set up the phones for us to use. But you totally have to pay for all of but it. You have to pay for it yourself. Oh yeah. No. Wow. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but I never really thought about it. Oh yeah, you know, you when you join, you really don't get. You don't even get your uniform for free. Yeah, you yeah. You get your initial set, they take it out of your pay. Now, you, there are certain stipulations where you can get a free new set if you go up or down a size. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, you pay for almost everything. Wow. Well. <laughs> uh, one way or another. Yeah, I guess, right? But, yeah, no, and I had to pay for that. But that was that was the the best system they had at the time. And this is 1991. Yeah. Now, you know, like you watch... There was a show called Over There that was on about 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, that was about the Iraq War while the Iraq War was going on. It only went one season. Yeah. But on there, they're talking over Skype and Internet and email and all that. See, we had regular snail mail. Yeah. I remember I didn't get any mail for like a long time. And then all of a sudden, I got all these letters, like 12 letters all at one time. Oh, really? Going back like two months. I was getting pissed. Like, yeah. why am I not getting any letters? And that's why it was all backed up. The mail had, like, the lowest priority. That makes sense. I mean, After that's... After parts and yeah. weapons and all that. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah. Then there's the perfumed letter bag. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Bob, I saw the last... I was fortunate enough to see the last Bob Hope show. Oh, were you? Yeah, he. Had, I think that's the last one he did, the last USO show with Bob yeah. Hope. He was really old then. Yeah. I think he was 100 years old when he died. I think he was born in 1901. Wow. So, I'm going to have to check that. But he, I think he was 100 years old when he died. Was he still pretty sharp in his 90s? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. He just could, you could tell he was, yeah. Yeah, he was definitely old. <laughs> yeah. But. but he, yeah, he um, did a show and he had like Marie Osmond and a number of other people. Johnny Bench, I don't know if you've ever heard of Johnny Bench. The name's familiar, but I can't think of... Johnny Bench was a very famous catcher for the Cincinnati Reds in the okay, 70s, yeah. 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And then he did a series of commercials, I think, for paint. Some kind of spray paint or something, I don't know. For paint. For painting benches. Johnny <laughs> Bench. You see what I did there? Yeah, I did. <laughs> the Pointer Sisters was a, <laughs> another. Latoya Jackson was there, too, but... Really? Yeah, I didn't talk to her. I was wondering who it was, because she was just, like, standing off to the side with the rest of the people. Everybody was, like, focused on Marie Osmond. I think Mm -hmm. Marie Osmond was, like, 30 or 32 then. Mm -hmm. I mean, she still looks phenomenal now. And I think she's, uh, 
I think she's in her late 50s now. I think she's like 58. She still looks amazing. If you didn't know, I would think she was like in her 40s the most, but I think she's in her late 50s. But then she was only 32, so everybody was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So. so anyways, back to the email. <laughs> no, no, I had a point that I just thought of, but I didn't yeah, want to let ahead. it go. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it it kind of reminds me, like, it's very similar to the point he made with the Negan episode. The, his introduction, the, the season premiere, when we first talked to him on the podcast. Um, it was just kind of very, this is all doom and gloom, it's torture porn. Why would yeah. I want to watch this show anymore? And it's it's kind of the same thing now, which, don't get me wrong, I understand that point of view. But to me, that's kind of a central part of the show. Even if it's not in wartime, it's all about you know, suffering and terrible things and how people deal with it. So, yeah, I, I understand his point, And if he really does stop watching, I understand. But like, you know, that's kind of the show. So if you're not, if you don't want that, then, you know, the show's maybe just not for you. Yeah. You know, I, I said to him, you know, this is what happens in the book and, you know, it gets worse before it gets better, but that's why when it gets better, it's so much more satisfying. Um, you know, I I have a feeling where they're going to end the the mid season, um, with many smoking ruins of a certain place. Mm. Uh, but, and that's in the that's in the book. I'm going yeah. off the book, but I think that's where they'll probably end the mid season. Because there's a couple more things. Next week is going to be entirely about Negan and the Saviors and from Gabriel for perspective. Yeah, and then they had a scene. The scene for next week was uh, Gabriel <laughs> Gabriel getting mugged <laughs> by Negan in that trailer. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I I told him all that. And he goes, "All right, maybe I'll keep watching it." Okay, I think you'll be happy. Well, I think um, I said you're not course. a. I told him you're also not a fan of the the graphic novel, so this doesn't mean. It's not going to make as much of an impact on you because you're just seeing it on TV. Mm. I think you get the full range of experience, Gary. You need both the <laughs> both visual mediums, the drawing yeah. and then the the TV medium. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but I think it also speaks to just how affected people were by the death of a CG tiger. Oh yeah, um, that was that was you know, hilarious. And, and talking down, and he said, "Yeah, yeah you're all upset about the death of the imaginary CGI tiger." Yeah, it was <laughs> like we've we've cried more about a fake tiger than we did a regular cast member dying on the show. It was upsetting to me because I immediately thought of my dog and mm. how much I'm how how attached I am to my dog. And I think that's why we all kind of felt that way because it's yeah. you know obviously it's a huge jungle cat, but. They had very much a typical yes. dog and cat with their owner relationship. You know they what did. I mean? Yes. Um, so, and, and especially they, they built up again earlier in the episode about how, you know, he was just a guy who watched a tiger and then eventually he decided to jump in and save her, you yep. know, and, and kind of it was a turning point for both of them. And they, they were together ever after that. So yeah, I remember what he said at the end after that, because in the books, I guess she... She was wounded. He was down there, so she slashed him and like cut him across the, the abdomen. Mm-hmm. In the book, he showed the scars, and he says, but he he managed to get her leg bound. He said, and after he, he did that, she he said she never so much as bared, bared one tooth at him. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll get into this now. I just wanted to share that. So hopefully he'll, he'll continue to watch. So if he, he can, checks in again, you should let us know. I will, I will. I'm not using his name. Yeah. Oh, shoot, sorry. That's him calling. <laughs> We're finally going to call him the voicemail line. <laughs> that's, that's the voicemail line, yeah. I've been waiting forever. <laughs> Woohoo! All right. Well, All right, somebody answered it good. Yes. That's the no people we hired. <laughs> Gizmo. Gizmo. All right, well, this is episode 201 of the podcast. But first, our boilerplate. As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, which you can find on, you know, Facebook. Oh, it's there? Last time I checked. 
Is it the one that's like slash Walking Dead podcast, or is it the one that's slash? I think it's there. I think it's there because I don't go on Facebook anymore on my own time. Oh really? I only go. I only go on. Only go on Facebook for our podcast page. Me too, pretty much. But hey, uh, we actually got a bunch of comments this week, so yeah. Unless unless I find a reason to put a picture of an artisanal donut up on your your page. Uh, which you have been wont to do. Yes. I thought maybe you wanted to see it two times. <laughs> the same donut. It was pretty special looking donut though. Yes, it was like I think that's the s'mores. Ooh. So think about it, everyone. It's a nice the donut by itself is phenomenal. In a different way than a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Out of the vat is phenomenal. This is a phenomenal because it's moist and it's fresh and then they put like s'mores topping on it. With the mm. mar- with the marshmallows and graham crackers and chocolate with the frosting on the yes, mm, donut. As Homer would be like <laughs> so. As as Gary indicated with his sound effects package in the back there, you can also give us a call on our voicemail line five six one five zero one one four eight three, and let us know what's on your Walking Dead mind. We just hired a full call center, full <laughs> of imaginary people, so they're waiting to take your call. <laughs> They're imaginary CGI people. To take yeah. your imaginary calls, so and it's perfect. We can we can afford to pay them whenever they want an imaginary money. <laughs> I just they're, raid my, they're the <laughs> best paid imaginary phone I staff just you raid, ever have. I just raid my old Monopoly game, and they're set. <laughs> yes. Again, that's five six one five zero one one four eight three. And so now on to the main event, a recap of season eight, episode four. Some some guy. What guy? Some some guy, you know. Some I'm just uh, some guy. That guy. Well, I thought this was another great episode. Especially as a character builder for both Carol and Ezekiel, I was gonna put Jerry in that list too, but I don't think we did any carrier character building for Jerry. I mean, a little bit though. Well, you know? other than like Chris Hardwick said he was in full beast mode. I thought <laughs> Jerry was just Jerry was just amazing. He was phenomenal. Well, what I loved, and they they touched on it a bit in Talking Dead, was that uh, how important it was for him that Ezekiel still be king, even though he was at a fractured point and didn't want to be king anymore and was like, I'm not your king, get out of here, or whatever. Just some guy. You know, he's like, you have to be. You know, and it's important to Jerry and his his progression and development. And then again, he also stepped up for the king, you know. Um, so I, I, get, I get what you're saying. It wasn't a huge development moment, but... No, I mean, his character you know. didn't develop beyond what we see him as. He just because he was in like beast mode, he was in beast mode before yeah. with that battle axe. I'm just saying he's such a amazingly awesome character. He's the you know he's he's like the the optimism that lurks. He's like uh, how did George Carlin put it? He's an opposite. He said inside every silver lining there's a dark cloud. <laughs> Jerry yeah. is the silver lining inside like a really big dark cloud. Yeah. So he's like always happy and you know you see that they even did a, a quiz question, how many times did you say dude? Yeah. I would have thought it was right. more, but it was two. There's only two. I thought it was like sixteen. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And that was of course the special mission. On this week's uh, version, on this week's uh, special missions on The Walking Dead No Man's Land. I set my phone in for repairs so I can't play. It was Jerry, Jerry and Carol and Ezekiel. And Ezekiel immediately gets into struggle mode, so he can only move like one space at a oh, time. Wow. Yeah, so Carol and Jerry have to fight their way through the zombies to get him to the extraction point. So, wow. Yeah, Jerry has his has a, Jerry has a sword for some reason. I don't know what happened there. Because <laughs> they have a battle axe package you can buy. Yeah. What does Carol have a rifle? 
No, Carol has a knife. Ugh. Carol's what they what they call a scout. I forgot what she was. That scout sucks class. though. Scout class carry knives or like I have all my I have three scouts, and they're all armed with spears. And spears, you can hit somebody from two spaces away. So that's got to be hard though, fighting off a horde of zombies with a knife and a sword. Yeah, but it worked. Yeah, I mean, I'm so sure you could quite, do it, but quite an arc. On that sword. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I have all mine armed with spears that you can get people from two two uh, spaces away. I have Carol, and then Glenn is the other one, and then I have one, you know, NPC. That sounds good. Yeah, so I've got I've got three of them. Yeah, I I got that. I'm not gonna say that I paid for them because you know. I think I got one as a gift. From the system. Mm. System gifts are always nice, Gary. Yes, they are. Yes, but uh, I thought this was this was really good, and mm. I, the tension was just perfect. And the whole Carol was again. Well, I'm getting into my talk, discussion point, so I'll get right into it. Okay. I thought this was a great adaptation of the source material again. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll never say enough about that. Even down to to Shiva's moment was almost exactly like it was in the book, and so that's why I thought it was just a wonderfully meaningful episode. Um, it's a char- character building episode all the way around. But obviously, my I've got four talking points. Three of them are Carol, Ezekiel, and Jerry, and the fourth one Shiva. Mm-hmm. I thought Carol continues to just be awesome and like awesome and like when she shot all those people from up in the ceiling tiles yeah that was fucking crazy that was cool i thought that was awesome and then she she used that guy as a shield yeah that tactic (laughs) at the end that that was was so cool open the gate i'm like what is that is that like uh that big valve thing in uh joe versus the volcano (laughs) i've always wanted to turn this (laughs) <laughs> Don't turn that, Joe, and he turns it and nothing happens. Oh, I feel ripped off. Anyway, I was wondering what that button was going to do. And I guess we found out. It's the zombie release valve. <laughs> zombie release valve. Yeah. That, I, thought that was, I thought that was a great, great scene. And, you know, I, I love the car chase, too. Mm-hmm. With uh, Daryl and, and uh, Rick out there. But that was... I didn't think that was worthy of a discussion point because it's fairly straightforward. My favorite uh, part, though, was Carol's reaction when she hears the motorcycle revving up. Where they're like, oh, man, they're going to get the guns. And then Carol just cheesy smiled like, they're not getting the guns. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I thought yeah. they were going to get away. Me too. Because that, that stuff is not in the book. No. There's no battle over getting machine guns to keep them from getting back to the savior compound. But... Um, the whole thing, uh, again, Ezekiel, I thought it was a wonderful character-building episode for him. Mm-hmm. And really, because in the, in the book, it's Shiva, of course, dies like she does on TV. But it's the death of Richard next to him in the battle. And what he says is the battle went wrong almost from the beginning. And I'll get into that when we, in a minute. But Jerry, of course, as I mentioned, perfect. Was just a perfect character and just is a lot of fun. And he seems to have sort of the same trajectory as Daryl. Mm. Wasn't intended to be a major character so much, but is like really a fan favorite. So I think uh, I think Cooper Andrews has got probably some good plot armor developing there. That he'll be around for a while. Of course, they could probably just kill him off just to raise attention because True. they don't do that enough. <laughs> and then, of course, the 400-pound tiger in the room. Yes. I must say that it was, uh, as I mentioned, it was done just like in the book, except I don't remember there being toxic waste in that ravine. No, it was a little different. But, okay, that works. <laughs> like I was talking dead. How about the uh, radioactive zombie tiger? Did anybody <laughs> consider that? <laughs> I mean, it was very upsetting to watch. Yeah. And I like that they didn't show too much mm-hmm. of the tiger getting eaten. But I thought it was very moving and very profound because it really zeroed in on the effect that this had on Ezekiel, which yeah. is the whole point of that in the book, too. Mm-hmm. 
And Kari Payton did such a phenomenal job with all the emotion and all that that was wrapped up in that scene. I just thought it was wonderful. Really, and they did a really good, good job building towards the episode, too, with um, yeah. Gunther, that savior. Yeah, Where, Junior Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that, but I guess after... I guess he kind of does when people mention it. Me neither, but it is a little funny. But I did like where he was... Um, He even said he's like, you know, you lose that tiger. What are you? You're not a king anymore. You know, and kind of building up that in the background, the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and right when he lost all his people and he's disillusioned and he's trying to get the few that are left to leave so he can just die... His tiger comes in and saves him, and then the tiger is gone. Yeah. You know, and he's just at the rock, rock bottom. And it was right, like yeah. you said, the emotion in his face just sold. It was that just scene. phenomenal. I I really can't say enough about it. I thought it was so well done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Kari, Kari Payton to me is like the MVP of the episode. For he sure, just, it's such a great range of acting and emotion. It was it was really good. Very upsetting, though, it was, but I knew it was going to happen, and I was wondering if they were going to do it, or I, I'm glad they didn't do what I was afraid they were going to do. I was afraid that somehow the saviors were going to capture the tiger, mm-hmm. and then Negan was going to somehow force Ezekiel to watch him introduce Lucille to Shiva's head. Oh, God, that would be... And I'm Ooh. like, if they do that, they're really going to... Yeah. It would be totally in keeping with Negan's character. It would. Or either just to watch up, walk up and shoot her. But I'm yeah. glad they didn't do that, and I'm glad they did it like it was in the book. Me too. If they had gone I, that far, I don't know. That would have that would have been yeah. rough. That would have been hard for me to watch it again. Because mm-hmm. that would just be too, too uh, dark. But they didn't do it, so yeah. that's good. I like the way they kept it. In the book, for the profound, for the profound meaning that it's supposed to have for Ezekiel. Yeah. Now, talking about the comparative scene in the book, it's the whole thing is told as a flashback. It's and and that's where it starts. It starts with Ezekiel telling you. Somebody's telling somebody a story. I think they show Michonne in the beginning, and somebody's telling her about this battle that took place so it's being related after and you find out it's Ezekiel and he mentions that he was very confident and he kept saying I don't know what I thought it's not like I, I'm a combat commander or something yeah. but I went in there all arrogant and all you know huffed and puffed and he said everybody died everybody and everybody died and he says that Richard of course Richard doesn't act in the same way he did on the TV show, but Richard is a very... You don't see Richard, but twice. Once when he comes to get Ezekiel at Michonne's house, and the other time when he dies. He's like, Richard died right beside me. He was my friend, and he was, you know, my security guy. And then he's got to escape from this herd, but he's by himself in the book. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel, um, Jerry and Carol aren't there, one, because... Jerry doesn't exist in the comic book, and Carol died a long time before then. Yeah, and then I like what I like what Kirkman said. Carol in the book is not as cool as Carol on TV. Mm-hmm. Definitely true. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so he he <laughs> then makes his way into this ditch, and he's like, it looks like he's going to get overwhelmed by this herd, and then Shiva shows up and gives him enough time to get away before she gets overwhelmed. And then they go to him sitting there, and it's what it is is he's at Michonne's house, and he's relating her the story afterwards, and he's like totally broken. And he says the last thing he says to her was about Shiva's. She was the only thing in my life I ever really loved. And they didn't have that in the TV show, but I don't think they needed to do that because the expression on his face, yeah, said said more than the words ever would. Exactly. I thought it was really a very moving scene and and really well done. I agree completely. Yeah. Everything you said just totally true. Mhm. So, I uh again, I continue to be completely impressed by the adaptation. I think Scott Gimple's done such a great job. Especially on the, and the all out I think the all out war on TV is actually better than the one in the book. 
I, so far, I agree. I mean, it's so, and of course, you're watching it live as as opposed to reading a, your pictures. But really, uh, I think it it really captures the whole what it would be like in a war like that. And yeah, just and this particular episode with Ezekiel again, the, the whole thing with he goes in there. Our second victory will deliver us our third, and then his basically his entire force gets wiped out in yeah. the course of a couple of minutes. So, and again, there's no machine gun thing in the comics, so that was a really good element that they created, that it was a machine gun that just... But it basically had the same impact the battle scene in his flashback had, now that I think of it. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, it was kind of the same thing. He was proud, he was yeah. uh, confident, he was smiling, he was going to come in here and win the day, and then all of a sudden, pretty much his whole team is gone. And I believe, you know? though, I believe though, it's because they were misinformed about how many men were actually at that outpost, and it was a mm-hmm. lot more than they thought. And while they basically killed most of them, they killed all of just about all of Ezekiel's people. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong though, but it didn't seem like there was that many guys. There's what, like the four or five Carol, oh, in- four maybe Carol killed in the beginning. Yeah, there was. And it looked like there was about four eight, more after that. Maybe there eight were about total. Eight people, yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the book, there was like a small detachment there that was. Oh yeah. A bit larger <laughs> than quite a bit larger than Ezekiel's forces, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, true. And that's why he ultimately got. And Ezekiel is not a combat commander, mm. so he immediately didn't know what to do. And that's why he was so down on himself after. And I, I love. And this goes back to the one point that we haven't really talked about yet that I have left. Um, and, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with something you especially, and I, I agree with you, have been saying the whole time this season, and pretty much the whole show, to be honest, the adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm thinking, I finally figured out a way to put it, the framing and the structure they use in their episodes yeah. is so great to me. And the, the callbacks and references and symbolism they use all the time, and I talk about that a lot, and you've talked about it, but... Um, just the way they, they opened up with him putting on his garb to become king, you yeah. know, and getting himself set up. And then finally, you know, he's, he's the king and is, you know, he's ready to go. Um, and then the, there's that flashback or not a flashback. Um, well, I guess it is a flashback in that scene but with the, the kid whose parent yeah. was going away to war. And he's yeah. like, son, you've got to be brave because you are brave Yeah, or whatever, you know? And then as he comes back, just wrecked. The only one he has any reaction to at all is the kid. Is the kid, and he just puts his hand on his arm and can't even muster words, and yeah. just keeps on walking. Um, but yeah, just the the way they frame these episodes, uh, with the structure they use and the uh, flashbacks to perfect moments to set up not only where the character's at in the episode, but he maybe even gives some foreshadowing to what's going to happen sometimes. Um, it's just it's really. Great production, yes, um, on that I level. I, I and and that goes hand in hand to uh, Scott Gimple and the producers and showrunners that we always compliment for the adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, hand in hand with that to me is just the amount of love they put into the structure and pacing of the episodes to give it the most impact and also add in a little something extra. You know, I agree. All right, well, I again we we appear to be completely on the same page. Mm-hmm. Which is always a good place to be, I think. Yeah, <laughs> makes things easier. So, and now we shall move on. Something we haven't done in a while: listener feedback. feedback this week is some comments on the Facebook page. Uh, Gary kind of headed up this part of it, so uh, Gary, take it away. (laughs) Back to a feedback section. We haven't had this in a while. Um, But anyways, uh, I'm going to try to do this more regularly. Put out a post a day or two before we record, you know, to give people some time to post comments. We used to kind of put a post up when the episode aired. Um, 
Yeah, I, I have been kind of slack on that. Yeah, we both have. But, uh, you know, I think it's a good idea. You know, a day or two, at least before the podcast starts, maybe even preferably the day the episode airs. Um, yeah. That way people have a chance to interact with us, and that makes the show way more fun for us. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Michelle Jones had a nice comment. Um, disregarding the battle sequence where a truck can withstand all those bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm assuming she's talking about Rick's Jeep there. Or maybe that yeah. truck? Both it was of them, both I guess? of them. Both of yeah. them. Particularly his truck. It just looked like they were bouncing off the. Oh, off you the know hood. what? She's probably talking about that truck Carol was hiding behind that took a whole, you know, that too. Crap ton of bullets. <laughs> that too. Those yeah. guys. Those guys. Slam. Uh, those guys expended like a ton of ammunition. That van would have. That truck would have blown up. Yeah, for sure. One hot round penetrates a gas tank and. Pfft, yeah, it would have been like yeah, she would have been gone for sure. <laughs> but anyway, explosions never are done correctly on TV. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Explosions. Like but anyways, uh, what? What were like you saying? T- like Mooney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, like that historically accurate show Mooney yeah, Tunes. Exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, as she said, you know, disregarding the whole uh, crazy suspension of belief with bullets. She says, I really enjoyed this episode. I did not enjoy Shiva dying, even though I knew it was coming. I couldn't even watch it all. I turned my head. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, yeah. Uh, fake tiger, but I'm still sad. Yeah. I think we're right there with you, Michelle. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, wondering indeed. if we, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if we've even seen the last of the over-the-top king portrayal Ezekiel does. Maybe now he'll be a little more real. Hmm. What do you think of that? I hadn't really I think, considered that. I think for a while he's going to be depressed. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably be getting sick of that. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the same The same breakdown of his confidence occurs in the book. In the book, he's in a relationship with Michonne. Now he's not in a relationship with anybody, but they kind of are implying that he might be in one with Carol because Carol's sort of taken up the place that Michonne is in, kind of... Yeah, in relation to Ezekiel in the in the, like book. he visited her house in the book and he visits exactly, her little cabin. Visited her, you know? Exactly, exactly. Although Kinda he spent although he spent the night with Michonne. Yeah, <laughs> in her bedroom and uh, had Shiva sleep in the bathtub. It's funny they like you've mentioned and I know we've talked about it a little bit. They do imply a closeness between them, but they've never really shown them doing anything romantic. No, they, so they I'm ha- curious. They haven't yet, and maybe something will happen. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, there's a point where um, Michonne is trying to get him to go out and get his people back together, and he doesn't want to do it because he's a broken guy now. And she finally, I don't know if she smacks him mm-hmm. and says, get your shit together. Oh, yeah. You're bullshitting your way through this before. Go out there and bullshit your way through it now because <laughs> they need you. Whether you feel like doing it or not, you're their leader, and you need to go out there and, and be their leader. Even if you have no feeling for it at all, you've been and she says you've been like acting and bullshitting the whole time. So go out there and do it again. Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if that's I I can't imagine that they aren't thinking about doing that with Carol because Melissa McBride will pull that off perfectly. Yeah, they agreed. Yeah. Um, our friend Sandra made a little post after that, and she has a comment that we'll read in a second. Uh, but on Michelle's post, she said, "Have you noticed no animal ever survives The Walking Dead?" Um, Michelle says, "I know it sucks. Writers know a way to get you in the emotions when they kill off a pet, just like we were talking about earlier. I'm oh, sorry, just like we were talking about earlier. I'm one of those where you can kill off the people, but don't touch the animals. Hmm. I have no idea why either. You'd think the people would get to me more. Maybe it's just because yeah, I expect that eventually like the-, the people will get killed off." It's like the horse. Yeah. Yeah, the horse in the first season. The hor- Not the first season. Oh, no. well, that too. That yeah. too, but no, the horse <laughs> outside of Alexandria when oh, yeah. Daryl and Aaron go out on a patrol mm-hmm. and they find that horse running around by itself and when they go to get it, it runs away from them right into a herd that eat it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> remember those dogs come up and they kill oh, the yeah. dogs, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, well, like the whoever was on there says, my wife was like, "All right, I'm out." At that point, he goes, "Yeah, those poor dogs." Then he shows the dog, 
the dogs are like growling and barking at the people. He goes, no, the hell with those dogs. He says, look at this one. He's got a little douchebag tooth here, too. <laughs> I don't know oh, what man. a douchebag tooth is, but yeah, those dogs were not friendly, which is why they ate them. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, just to conclude that, Michelle says it's probably because she expects that the people will die uh, or get killed off eventually. I need to start thinking that it's everything alive will die, except maybe the plants. <laughs> so yeah. that was a funny point. Exactly. Pretty much everything dies. It's The Walking Dead. Yeah, what do they want? Yeah. The word is dead in the title. Sandra next had her own comment. Uh, Sandra Warren here says, Finally, an episode that seemed like The Walking Dead and not Fear the Walking Dead. Ooh, that's cold. Ooh, it is pretty cold, but I mean, you know, I can see where she's coming from. Explain uh, that one to me. What does that mean? Um, How is it like Fear the Walking Dead before? Not as good as regular Walking Dead. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't feel it was that way, but I, I didn't hate it either. But I, I could totally see where people would say that because even I had other friends that the opener of the season really just didn't. Oh, oh I, I see, I see. Yeah, I got you. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> say it's Fear the Walking Dead. That's like a yeah, that's harsh. It's like hard words. You know what I'm saying? Gotta, gotta watch that. Yeah. So Cinder says Jerry rules, but oh my god, the battle scenes are so phony. <laughs> yeah. Really. I guess. Oh no, that guy's firing an automatic weapon. I'd better duck behind this sheet metal. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I guess that's a good point. I did like the battle axe, and I like how he split that dude in half. And what I loved, but I didn't even fully think about it until Talking Dead, um, but how they used the the way they showed it to like avoid um, censorship laws. Oh, by yeah. not showing the actual outside of the body. So you didn't really see yeah. him get cut. You just saw a shot through it, so you got to see the insides. And then Kirkman said, and it's kind of true, that it's almost worse. Uh, or not worse, but more gruesome this way. Because, you know, you just see the worst bits, you know. Yeah, I like I like what uh, Hardwick said. Mm-hmm. We could see a guy get, like, cut in half with a battle axe, but you can't curse. Yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. that? What's up with that? <laughs> I think they should just do away with that stuff. I mean, come on. And then you saw Kirkman just, like, kind of clam up, and he didn't really say anything after that. Yeah, I think it's... it. No, I, I, he agrees with them. I mean... No, but yeah, but he was like, yeah, I agree, but he like, couldn't really say anything, and he was kind of squirming. I, I, wish, I wish they'd just get rid of that damn rule for cable shows. Or, or period. I mean, you, you can go almost all... You can go up to almost saying fuck. <laughs> yeah. You could I mean, much before you couldn't say asshole or shit, but now mm-hmm. you can say that no problem in prime time. So I don't yeah. know. They they just the f the f word barrier remains. <laughs> f word barrier. They just need to get rid of that. That's yeah. Wonderful. And they say, well, what about the children and the public? I don't know why you'd be letting your young children watch that show anyway. Well, even if they um, they have done before. When they wanted to use some cursing for impact, they had it as like a deleted scene. Yeah, but I mean, right in the right in. Yeah, the but show. what I was just thinking is they always do a encore a few hours later at night. Yeah. They could have the earlier one be the edited version, and the later night showing have a few swears uh, in it. Well, they do. They just don't say the big one. Yeah. But I guess you know if 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 you think you're, if somebody wants if they think their kids are okay. Watching it, I don't know if I'd want to watch. Have my if I had little kids, would I want them to watch it? No. Yeah. Probably not. But um, well, it's like the scene when they're in the boxcar at Terminus when he says they're gonna. I don't. They're gonna feel really bad when they figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What?" He said that they're screwing with the wrong people. Yeah. Did not have the same impact as the deleted scene. They're fucking with the wrong people because it was just a great line. And yeah. That's why sometimes I appreciate watching a series on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon or, um, yeah, HBO. Because mm-hmm. Sopranos would not have worked. It would not have worked on broadcast TV. Because if you watch the show when it was on A&E, mm-hmm. syndication, they had to substitute in the curse words with other words. And it sounded ridiculous. Like, you know, it's mafia. it's a mafia show. They say fuck a lot, like fuck you, 
whatever else. Yeah. They would take take it and change it into forget you. Yeah, it doesn't so really work. these guys yelling at each other, New York, New York guys, forget you. <laughs> <laughs> or they would put in other. It's like uh, when they uh, show snakes on a plane. Yeah. On network TV. And they take the the money line that Samuel Jackson has. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Uh-huh. It comes out dubbed as I'm tired of these monkey fried snakes on this Monday through fr- Friday plane. I love that. That's my favorite. <laughs> this Monday to Friday plane. I'm like, what, what the fuck does that even make mean? Sense. That doesn't it, even make sense. At least use words that make sense. I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of me judging you. Um, <laughs> okay. Another comment from Michelle. She said, Also, I'm finally watching Talking Dead. Yes, I recorded to watch it later. Don't judge me. Anyways, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought the guy that grabbed Ezekiel looked like Jeffrey Dahmer. I didn't notice that at first. I didn't either until Talking Dead mentioned he was like a douche. But that's what he's supposed to be. He has a douche tooth. Apparently the actor said he hoped that everybody hated him. Yeah, he, that was his same. goal, was to make everybody hate him. Well, then he did a good job. Yeah. He Good accomplished job. his mission. And we have one final comment here. I saved it to the very end. From Betty from Long Island. Awesome. Yeah. I kind of loved this episode in that it moved the plot and characters forward. I mean, that's what we've been saying the whole episode yes. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A wonderful contrast between Ezekiel lying under the bodies of his slain subjects and the hopeful rendition of the famous St. Crispin's Day siege speech, which I, I love oh. that too. We never really talked about that, but I loved the whole the shot of everybody hugging him and he's, he's surrounded by yeah. bodies underneath him. Like that was such a cool transition. I didn't even catch that, but that's true. Yeah. Uh, Jerry's reappearance at the right moment to save his king from becoming a trophy for Negan's ego was a delight. Cooper yep. Andrews really earned his Pockies and Tam Tams. It's a Dragon Con joke, she says, which is funny. Ah. Little, little convention humor there. Well, uh, you got that automatically right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would have been like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> what's a Pocky? <laughs> yeah. uh, I loved that badass Carol is back. Hashtag badass Carol. I'm just throwing that in there. Uh, and her budding romance with Ezekiel is fun to watch. Especially since she has taken over Michonne's storyline in the books while Michonne is filling Andrea's. Kind of true. Yeah. Um, Shiva's dead, or Shiva's death, while sad, was necessary on two levels. One was plot driven, and the other was purely financial, which <laughs> I loved. Um, I'll re- finish this real quick first, but she says the cost of the CGI was quite high and could be used elsewhere. And I love how uh, Hardwick made some sort of joke about that on Talking Dead, and Kirkman's like, yeah, we definitely didn't have an office party after we killed off the tiger. (laughs) (laughs) The imaginary CGI tiger. Yeah, right. I thought it looked pretty good, though. Honestly, I thought it looked better this season than it had previously. But, you know, maybe that's just me. Yeah. Well, at least it didn't look like the wolves in Twilight. Ugh, yeah. Don't talk about that. Uh... (laughs) Uh, Betty's only quibble, she says, was the car chase scene. Rick as a police officer had to have the special training on how to engage a high-speed chase with minimal damage. I expected better of him. Well, he's out of practice. Plus, last time he did this, he got shot. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I thought he did pretty good going against a, you know, 50 cal machine gun, you know. I think, I think he made it very clear that he says he's used to driving on the left side of the road. Yeah, that was great in talking to <laughs> I'm a safe driver. He's like, he's like, said, Norman is true. full of shit, basically. He's like, it's true, I do drive, I'm used to driving on the left side of the road. It's a fair point, well made. <laughs> oh, so good. Anyways, uh, Betty says, as always, she's like, I will talk to you too soon and keep up the excellent work. And thank you, oh, Betty, it's good to hear from you. Well, thank you, madam, thank you. <laughs> madam. Thank you, kind lady. Thank you. Everybody, thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you for writing in, taking the time to comment. It really does make the show better, as you just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Gary's very good at this. You're a good reader, Gary. I like it. Thanks. Yes, <laughs> you're welcome. I'll take it. All that college paid off. Yeah. What do you want, the Stetson? Yeah. Ah, there you are. Yep. <laughs> uh, what a waste of money that was. Well, I mean, sorry, what? D-Land. 
Yeah, I love Deland actually. Deland's a nice little Very quiet nice town. Little, yeah, I had I had lunch there once. Oh yeah. I forget where. That's how <laughs> memorable the place was. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. Indeed. Remember to leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or like our good friends this week posting a comment on our Facebook page. On Facebook? Fine, on Facebook, yes. Yeah. And our voicemail line still exists, even though it's manned by imaginary disp- uh, operators. Hey, look, we pay them very well. CGI, all right. Monopoly money goes a long way. 561 501 1483. And Gary, there's never been a better time to be an imaginary, a nerd. An imaginary nerd. <laughs> an imaginary nerd. That's the rest imaginary of my life. CGI nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so stay safe wherever you live. And we'll see you back here for our next episode. Um, it's a hike. I was wondering what that was supposed to be. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be like the, you know, the crowd at a... Oh, Okay. But it just sounded like me choking. <laughs> I was like, is this so, Scott okay? Yeah, so hike, we'll see you back next week and yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. And we'll thank all of you for not being here today and not having this meeting with me or, or being seen on your way out. That's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Please check out our website for all the latest news and updates at thewalkingdeadpodcast.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash walkingdeadpodcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at TWDpodcast. If you like the show, let us know what you think. You can email comments and feedback to twdpodcast at gmail.com as well as leave us a review on iTunes. You can also post comments on our website and Facebook page. The Walking Dead Podcast can be heard at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbean.com, and SoundCloud. If you're an Android user, you can also download a dedicated Android app at PlayerFM.com and the Google Store. Please help support The Walking Dead Podcast by visiting our sponsor, Audible.com, and signing up for your free, no-obligation trial membership at AudibleTrial.com forward slash dead. Many of our sound effects are provided courtesy of free SFX. Please check them out for all your sound effects needs at www.freesfx.co.uk. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here for the next episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. <laughs>